You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning and welcome to JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matis Weingast. It's the 5th of October, 2014, the 11th of Tishrei, 5775, and we just completed the holiday of Yom Kippur. I hope you all had an easy fast and uh, an enjoyable holiday. It is a, uh, as uh, as was uh, said last week by uh, Charlie Rari and his number of his guests, you know, Yom Kippur, is a happy holiday. It is not a, uh, it is it's still a Yom Tov. So I hope you all had a very meaningful day and a happy day and the fast was was easy for you. It is uh, chilly outside here in the North New Jersey area today. 44 degrees, going up to a high of only 63 sunny degrees. And uh, going back down to 48 tonight in Yerushalayim. It's 78 degrees outside now, sunny also, and going down to 58 degrees. If you are uh, studying Dafyomi, following Dafyomi, today is a big day. The uh, Chagiga, Daf 27, Asiyum, last day in the study of uh, Sechaz Chagiga for this cycle. Tomorrow starts Yavamos, which is a uh, it's a long one and uh, takes... Uh, Takes you up to, uh, all the way up to, let's see, looking at the trusted calendar. I know it has 122, uh, 122 daf. Uh, it goes all the way up to the beginning of February, so you can start now and, uh, get on the, uh, get on the Dafyomi bandwagon. So Yavamo starts tomorrow. Very interesting show this morning. I hope we'll be able to get everybody on. Uh, besides the Rabbi Goldwasser at 7.30 with Morning Kizuk and the News from Israel at 8 o'clock. We expect to be joined by uh, Moshe Orzak of Kosher Innovations. He'll talk about the brand new mushroom lamp just in time for the holidays and some of the other products that Kosher Innovation has. And at 8.15 this morning. That, by the way, will be 7.35 right after Morning Kizuk. Uh, Moshe or Zach Kosher Innovation, 7.35. And at 8.15 this morning, we expect to be joined by the Chief Rabbi of South Africa, Rabbi Warren Goldstein. We'll discuss a number of issues with him. And uh, in, in reading up and preparing uh, for the interview, uh, I figured that we really need to, uh, to have two or three times with him because there is so much that we can talk about. But we're limited today to basically three areas. So that'll come up at 8.15. And uh, and then music. Some Sukkot music thrown in there, here and there, going back and forth, and uh, a little bit of talk. Like us on Facebook when you get a chance, JM Sunday. Uh, 
increase those likes. And uh, you can send me an email if you want. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any ideas, matis at nachomsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachomsegel.com. If you don't have the NSN app, please get it. Let your friends know about it. However you're listening, whatever way you're listening to the show, that's great. Uh, but a great way is uh, the NSN app, and uh, you can do so much more with that, including leaving comments, which you're welcome to do. Let's go to some music. This goes back a number of years. It's Mordecai David with the Sukkot Medley, right here on JM Sunday.
Pleased to be here at Eichler's, the world's largest Judaica store, to tell you about this ingenious and practical new product from Beck Ovations. If you're like me, you spend a lot of time on Sukkot and during Cholamoid, checking to make sure that your Arbaminim are staying fresh. Well, if this sounds familiar, there is great news for you. Technology meets elegance with the new insulated Lulav bag by Beck Ovations. The classy black fabric bag is custom designed with built-in insulation to protect your minim from the heat and maintain maximum freshness. It also boasts a zip-away pouch for your estrog box or machzer and a convenient shoulder strap so you can walk to shul hands-free. The construction is meticulous and durable and is built to last. Order yours today at eichlers.com or stop in and pick one up for yourself and your friends and family. Don't settle for those cheap imitations. Enhance the mitzvah with the insulated lulav bag by Beck Ovation. And have a fresh and wonderful yuntif. Very neat idea there, and I uh, encourage everybody to go out to uh, Eichler's and pick up the uh, insulated lulav bag. It looks really cool and something that uh, that will enhance the experience of uh, of Sukkot in the sense that it'll make life easier to carry your Lulav and Esrog around and it'll protect it from the elements and also keep it fresh throughout the entire week. My name is Montes Weingast. I'm here with you on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's the 5th of October, 11th of Tishrei. Hope your Yom Kippur fast was easy and you had a very meaningful day and an uplifting day as uh, it went throughout the day. Yesterday, <laughs> my uh, my guest after morning chizuk will be uh, Moshe Orzak. He's from Kosher Innovations. We'll be talking about some of the new uh, items that Kosher Innovations has introduced to the Jewish market. And uh, then at uh, eight o'clock, we'll have the news from Israel. And then at eight fifteen, we uh, we uh, in the news from Israel. At eight o'clock, and then eight fifteen, Rabbi Warren Goldstein, who is the um, who is the chief rabbi of South Africa, so we'll be discussing a lot of things with him. So that's expected up at eight fifteen. It's uh, forty four degrees outside in the North New Jersey area, going up to a great high of sixty three degrees. Perfect sukkah weather, sukkah building weather. In this case, it's going to be sunny, going down to forty eight degrees later tonight. In New Yerushalayim, it's 78 degrees, also sunny, and 58 degrees is the uh, low overnight. Chagiga, daf 27, that means it's the last daf in uh, the Masecha of Chagiga, that in the daf Yomi cycle, and uh, you can catch up. Well, you're not going to be able to catch up, really. It's kind of a little late to catch up from the beginning, of course, but you can start. You can start with the Yavamos tomorrow. It's a long Masecha that takes you into February, so you can really get on the... Uh, bandwagon, if you will, for uh, Dafyomi.
Thanks to listener Moshe, who uh, liked us on Facebook. Much appreciated. Keep those likes coming. Go to our Facebook page, JM Sunday, and like the Facebook page. At this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words, Lezecha Nishmas Zev Rav Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Menachem Sion states that the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot are extremely unique in nature. They are blessed with the holiness of Kapara, forgiveness, and they mark a new beginning. These four days are surrounded by Kedusha, on one side by the Yom Noroim, and on the other side by Sukkot, Shemini Atzeres, and Simchas Torah. However, a person has to realize that he has not concluded his avoid of doing tshuva and must continue to work on improving himself. Some feel a sense of relief. The Yom Naroim are over. We don't have to get up early for slichas anymore. Perhaps it's time to take a rest from Avodah. We should be aware that on the contrary, these days are crucial for our continued spiritual growth. During these days, the Shari Tshuva are open and it's possible to achieve even the Madrega of Yeshua bin Nun. Therefore, it's of paramount importance that we utilize these days properly, doing mitzvahs, preparing for the upcoming Yom Tov, and continuing to purify our neshamas through tshuva. In this way, our tshuva will be carried out with the Yad HaZaka, a strong hand. These four days, whose numerical value is represented by the Hebrew letter Dalid, will be added to the ten days of tshuva, represented by the Hebrew letter Yud, joining the Dalid of the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, together with the Yud, representing the ten days of tshuva, it gives us the Yad HaChazaka of tshuva. On Motsoy Yom Kippur, immediately following Nila, Rav Nachman of Reslov would walk over to the wall of the base Medrash, put his ear to the wall. He could be seen listening very intently as he heard the Vekar waking up people for the slichas of the coming year. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. Appreciate your words every Sunday morning right here on JM Sunday. My name is Matis Weingast, and I'm with you every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. We are here live. We have been, uh, we've had a show unbroken since the, uh, since the network began over two years ago. And, uh, it's really, uh, it's very enjoyable. Uh, and I appreciate all the listeners that uh, contact me and, um, you can like us on Facebook and whatever else uh, you want, however else you communicate. Uh, we also figured out that we're going to be able to do shows uninterrupted, God willing, through, I think, Pesach of this coming year, uh, because then there will be a, uh, a Yom Tov Day on Sunday. And that's going to be the first time in the two, it'll be about two and uh, a half, two and three quarter years, almost not about two and a half years since the network began, that uh, we won't be able to do a JM Sunday. Uh, but... Um, but we're going up to there, and then we'll continue. So, you know, it's really great, and I appreciate everybody's uh, support and uh, your listenership. So uh, that is where it's at. It's 7.34 in the morning, and uh, I am very pleased to welcome our guest, Moshe Orzak of Kosher Innovations, 
to talk about a lot of the great things that are happening and being produced for the Jewish world. Good morning, Moshe. Welcome to JM Sunday. Good morning. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, Kosher Innovations, as you know, and is uh, known by the Jewish world. It's uh, many inventions over the past years. You have the Kosher Clock portable bug checker, a Shabbos toothbrush and toothwash, among others, all designed to uh, enhance uh, our observance, I guess it could be said. Arguably the most famous item is the kosher lamp, which is extremely popular. Now, today we want to focus on your new take on the kosher lamp, namely the mushroom lamp, which is not something you need to use uh, the bug checker with. You don't have to check the mushroom lamp. And it's, <laughs> no, out, <you> don't. <laughs> it's out just in time for sukkahs. Please tell us about the mushroom lamp. Well, um, let me start by saying that um, it's always been a pleasure dealing with um, with these type of products, and um, I love it. So let's start with that. Excellent. The mushroom lamp itself is now a a, um, a different direction we've taken, and I use direction <laughs> in a purposeful way. Uh, the kosher lamp, as we all know, is directional. You can open it, you can close it. Um, figuratively speaking, of course, the lamp is on. And when you turn it, you can get all the light or a little bit of light. The mushroom lamp has now gone um, where we will provide light 360 degrees all around. So on the cap of the mushroom, that is clean. That's why it doesn't need the butt checker. When it's down all the way, it's dark. And then when you turn the cap and lift it, you, you can create a little bit of light, like the like a night light, or uh, light up the room completely. But again, always all around, and that's the difference between um, the conventional kosher lamp and our new mushroom lamp. So this is the type of uh, item that could go uh, not just next to a, on a dresser, let's say, uh, next to a bed, or uh, in a specific location where you want to have a directional light. Uh, before you go to sleep or if you want to see in a specific room. This could be in a uh, in a living room, in a dining room, even in addition to... Or a sukkah. Or a sukkah. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, where uh, in addition to any um, uh, lights that are on timers, and by the way, uh, Kosher Innovations, of course, you also have the, uh, the Shabbos uh, timer. Uh, so besides that, when those lights go off, you still can have light that fills up the whole room, uh, 360 degrees. Now you mentioned about it being in the sukkah, so it's perfect timing to put this in your sukkah. You can one, two, however, you, however many you need for your sukkah, and it will give light around. Now, is the light uh, as bright as what is in the kosher lamp now? Is it the same? Yes, uh, it is. Bulb? It's, it's, it uses the same bulb. It uses a 15. Watt compact fluorescent, and that'll give you a uh, the equivalent of 60 or 70 watts of the more energy burning type of bulb. And yes, it'll give you the same amount of of light, but it, now it's uh, it goes all around. So that is that is quite uh, quite bright, uh, as we all know from using the kosher lamp. Now I just had a thought as we we're talking about this in the sukkah. A lot of times, some of the lights that are in a sukkah will attract bugs. But I don't know if this type of uh, light would have that same attraction for bugs. It might be even better. Uh, no, it shouldn't. It, the, the type of um, plastic glass that uh, surrounds the bulb, it should not be attracting it. So it's, not, it's not bright like the bulb that you, can, uh, that you can see. Right, but it gives off plenty of light. And, uh, yes, absolutely. And it can be used. Uh, and, of, of course, this could... Uh, 
yeah, so if, if you go to, by the way, uh, kosherinnovations.com is uh, the website uh, for for your products, and uh, you can see a, a, a demonstration there. I believe there's a video of uh, yeah, how the kosher... Yes, actually show uh, the various positions of the, uh, of the light it's ingenious. and how you get it up, up or down quite easily. Now, what kind of mushrooms did you use? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how things evolve because we originally had... Uh, a bear, um, a mini bear that was really very popular. And when uh, that became much, much too expensive to make, we said, all right, what else can we do that's, you know, a little bit different? And we thought of animals. We thought of all kinds of things. And this mushroom just absolutely provided everything that we wanted to um, give our um, our customers. I, it's absolutely excellent. Now, uh, are these available now in the stores in the uh, New York, New Jersey area, United States, for instance? Uh, yes, they, they actually, timing couldn't have been better because we started shipping them out on Thursday morning, and they should be in all the stores by uh, today or uh, Monday to the very latest. And by all the stores, I mean it's, it's in Muncie, it's in Lakewood, it'll be in Borough Park, in Flatbush, in Five Towns, so we try to get out there and uh, make sure it's available to everybody. Excellent. And if it's not, just tell your local store, and believe me, they'll call us. That, that's what I was going to ask you. you have any Jersey locations also, uh, Teaneck or uh, Edison? Uh, yes, we're, we're in Teaneck and Passaic. In, um, where else would we be in New Jersey? Well, those two I know for sure. And Excellent. as I said, if it's not in your neighborhood store, then the store will be glad to call us, and they would have it there the very next day. Excellent. Uh, there are a couple of other items I wanted to ask you about, uh, and then we'll we'll get back to the kosher lamp and the mushroom lamp for, in a minute. You have another project, product uh, that's brand new called Go Wash, and I know you were on with Nachum last week, and you uh, talked about this item also. It's a collapsible washing cup. Uh, it's very convenient. You can use use it before eating bread or whenever you're going to wash for a mozi. Uh, or other washing uses, you know, halachic washing uses. What prompted you to make this? Uh, basically, we we encourage um, everybody that we deal with to send in their ideas. And this one was actually sent to, uh, in, uh, to us by somebody who lives in Flatbush. We had discussed what would be the best, best format for it, how it should be stored, the exact size, and this one, much as I'd love to take the credit for, was uh, submitted to us by somebody, and we are partners on this product. Well, that's that's great. I mean, it's uh, you know a lot of ideas come from different places, but you're exactly the one... you know we 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 um, we're very proud of our kosher lamp and our many other products, but. Right on our website, we encourage people to submit ideas. Absolutely. Uh, now, I, I just also want to mention, you have a lot of items that are specifically uh, can be used on Shabbos. Uh, I mean, they can be used anytime, but uh, specifically allowable to use on Shabbos, but not everything. For instance, the, the bug checker you're not going to use on Shabbos. Uh, what about this Go Wash Cup? This would not be one for Shabbos, correct? It's not. A, it, again, it's a, it's a seven-day use. Oh, it is a seven-day use. Okay. Well, it's, you know, it's made us, in, in fact, the, the, the real concept behind it is for, first I must tell you the name. I mean, what does everybody say when they're sitting around the Shabbos table? You know, they're schmoozing, and, but they are getting hungry. You know, go wash. Right, go wash. So right, that's, that's where the name, the name came from. <laughs> Very uh, cute. <laughs> however, it's really intended for the entire week, and, and um, 
original thought was somebody is in their car and they're traveling. Uh, somebody is at the, at the ballpark, at a park, uh, wherever you may be, that you need to wash, and this can fit in your uh, in your uh, pocket. It comes in a case, and it's so mobile and, and, and extremely extremely helpful. Right, absolutely. That's also it's an amazingly simple idea, but you know, until somebody thinks about it and then suggests it to you, and then you, I know you're you're not taking credit for the uh, for the idea, but you know, the work that goes into producing these things from beginning to end, you know, I, I can imagine what's involved, and that's that's on you, and you've you've done that, which is tremendous. Include, uh, included in the effort is actually visiting the China factory and making sure that they are capable of making the product at a standard that you need. Wow, that's a story so in and yeah, of itself. A lot goes into it from from conception to, to delivery. Sure, of course. The kosher clock... And, and takes yes. longer than nine months. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Uh, the uh, the kosher clock is also an amazing item. Uh, I have one, and, and you can uh, set ten alarms for Shabbos. There are different uh, uh, physical modes that you can have the clock... Uh, set to so that you don't accidentally touch anything on Shabbos. The timers go off, and uh, and it's great. Uh, that's uh, I know very popular. And um, anybody anybody who's gone through this, we are, hopefully every one of you readers has gone through this three day umtov. Mm-hmm. And uh, unlike um, virtually all alarm clocks out there that will uh, force you to whatever time you've set for Thursday morning davening. Will also wake you up at Friday morning and Shabbos at the same time. The the uh, kosher clock allows you to uh, get up uh, three different times if that's what you need on the three different days. It allows you uh, the time to. It'll remind you for when mincha is. It could remind you when you need to take your pill. So yes, it's a, a seven day calendar with ten alarms that can be set at any time. Excellent. My guest And I'm yes. sorry, yes, probably uh my wife and, and, and everybody's uh, everybody else's spouse in the room will tell you probably the best thing of all is it'll only ring for one minute and then shut off right. on its own. That's a great feature and I was gonna mention that. That it is uh it is one that shuts off, so you don't have to worry about that. My guest this morning is Moshe Orzak of Kosher Innovations. Uh, these items are, are just phenomenal, and uh, you know I give you so much uh, credit and thanks for for developing these. W- was the kosher lamp the first item that uh, Kosher Innovations produced? Yes, the kosher lamp was the very first item, and you mentioned the timer. The idea behind it was that uh, up until then, people used timers to... to uh, give them the light they need, and then be able to go to sleep. Right. The problem is the timer doesn't know when you've got two pages left in the book <laughs> that you want to read right. <laughs> and leaves you in the dark, figuratively right. and literally, uh, right. or, or it'll actually um, want to go when you're ready to go to sleep. Right. So and that was the idea behind uh, doing something that will... Uh, help the timer the, for the things that the timer cannot do. Right. And, of course, it obviates the necessity to leave the lights on uh, for the whole Shabbos, which is a waste of electricity and gets very hot. Uh, this way you don't have to. The timer you know, shuts off whatever you uh, wanted to shut off, and then you have this to, to continue. Was it difficult in the beginning, um, I'm going to ask you this, to get... Um, I don't know if difficult is the right word, but you, you know what I mean. Was it difficult in the beginning to get rabbinical uh, uh, approvals, if you will, uh, on some of these innovations? Because they are, they are definitely different, and they 
involve certain things that that most people don't uh, have to deal with. For instance, with the lamps, uh, you know, the idea we know of on Shabbos, you can't turn anything on and off like that. Uh, but also, there's certain things that are moks and you can't move them. Yet you've been able to create this, uh, and uh, it's allowed to be used by by turning the top for in terms of the kosher lamp. So was it difficult to to get um, you know that that going? Uh, in this generation where, you know, you have to think out of the box, so to speak. Exactly. Well, well, halachically, one of the key requirements was that the top, the part that you turn and move, is not physically attached to the base. So it would be similar to a light in a room and that you're closing the door. Interesting. The okay. door is not physically connected to the light, so it's not a problem. And, yes, we have approval... Uh, literally all over the world from from uh, the different um, senior rabbis in the area. Sure. In fact, we, we had uh, sent it down to Panama, and we had the Grand Rabbi of Panama make a suggestion that we, we included to enhance the lamp in order to satisfy their standards. And it was widely received and received quickly, so that one we're really very, very grateful for. Excellent. So going back, cycling back now to what we first spoke about, the mushroom kosher lamp uh, is designed to allow 360-degree light uh, and in three different ways. It's either off or there's a little bit of light for like a night light or uh, the complete uh, opening so that there is, um, there's full light to read by. And that's the in product. In fact, if I can just add, I, I, yeah. I, didn't, um, I didn't mention it, but it actually has an intermediary height as well. So night light intermediary and full. Oh, okay. I did not realize that. Sorry. Excellent. Now, yeah, no, no, I didn't mention it. Wow. Okay. Hey. <laughs> now, what is the best way of contacting uh, you uh, and finding out about the products? Is it through the website or is there another way? Through the website. You can call our office. You can email me directly, Moshe at kosherlamp.com. Uh, we are readily accessible. Excellent. And as I said, yes. you're... Um, Local store will be glad to contact us if you want them to do it for you. Beautiful. Well, we look forward to uh, to getting this and looking at it and using it for Yom Tov, especially in a three-day uh, Yom Tov coming up. And, uh, we, again, I want to thank you for having this uh, this company and for doing this for the Jewish community because it really enhances, uh, I think, the observance of uh, the different aspects of Jewish life and much appreciated. It is, it is my personal pleasure, and of course, uh, God runs the world, so uh, we're all very grateful that uh, this came in, in, in our direction. Absolutely. Moshe, I want to thank you again for joining me here on JM Sunday. I wish you a Chag uh, Sameach coming up and a Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you soon. The very same to you. All the very best to you and your, uh, your listeners. <laughs> Thank you so much. It is uh, 7.49 in the morning here on JM Sunday. We're going to go to some music. And uh, I've been advised that the uh, chief rabbi of uh, South Africa, Rabbi Warren Goldstein, will be joining us this morning, but he's running a little bit late, but he will be on this time before the end of the show. So that's going to happen around 8.35 now, it seems, uh, around there. So we'll be playing music until then, and we'll have the news live from Israel coming up at... Uh, at 8 o'clock. So here is, uh, what is this? Scott Elbaz with Anonymous Miro right here on JM Sunday. Ah. 
Palm branches let a bit of light in When it's dark they even let the night in Temporary dwellings For you and me A soul comes down from heaven And goes into the body of a baby And every footstep that it takes Is judged with a yes or no Or maybe Torah study lets a bit of light in It's the place he'll find his Yiddish kite in Temporary dwellings For you and me Should I say the two and only Magama duo with um, with that selection Sukkot in Jerusalem that goes way back and uh, as always a classic very 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 great to hear from the Magama duo because uh, they were really fantastic. It's uh, eight o'clock in the morning here on JM Sunday. It's Eastern Time and uh, Matas Wine guest with you. On the first edition after Yom Kippur. My thanks to listener Lydia, who also liked us on Facebook. Thank you so much. That's the, uh, that's a great thing to do. We, we send out reminders and we send out information every once in a while. And, uh, it's great to have people on the list so they get the information from us and they know what's going on. So when you get a chance, go over there. Also, uh, you can like the Israel page. Mayor Weingarten has this fantastic show on Monday mornings exclusively on the stream at NachumSiegel.com or the NSN app. It immediately follows JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel. So it takes place at 9 o'clock Eastern time. On the stream, uh, Mayor has uh, segments such as Mayor Milim and uh, it's great music, of course. Uh, tells us what's going on in Israel. So that's something to uh, listen to right after you listen to Nachum on Monday mornings. Uh, Nachum is on 6 o'clock till 9, and then Mayor on the stream from 9 until 10. It is now time for our news from Israel. 
And uh, Hannah Julian, Middle East news commentator on Israel National Radio, joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Matis. How was your? Uh, how was? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to How was your? How was your fast Good. yesterday? How was your Yom Tov? Uh, it was. It what was. Can I say? It was. It wasn't bad actually. The weather here was good, so it, it really, it really was not not as difficult as it usually. How, more to the point, how was yours? Uh, fine, fine. <laughs> thank you. The weather was good here also, and uh, you know it was a very enjoyable day, which is uh, what Yom Kippur should be. It is a uh, Yom Tov. Uh, and it's a very spiritual, what, what, uplifting what, what, day. What is the temperature there right now? Uh, right now, it's about uh, 45 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Which is like what? Like zero wow. Celsius? No, no, not zero, obviously. Uh, oh, it is like, about no, but it's, 15. it's a crazy temperature. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. that's really... and, and it's only going up to 60. <laughs> it's only going up to 63 degrees. I'm so glad I'm here. Well, warm us up with the news from Israel. Take it away. Okay. Sweden has recognized the Palestinian Authority. It's really not funny. It's really not funny. It really is not. Recognized Palestinians. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. (laughs) It's actually ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe it is funny. Come think of it. I think I'll take it back. It is funny. Sweden has recognized the Palestinian Authority as a sovereign nation, even though it has no real borders. It has not fulfilled its obligations under the Oslo Accords, which was to negotiate that status with Israel. People are not happy about it here, obviously. And European Jewish Congress President Dr. Moshe Hunter has described the decision as reckless, irresponsible, and dangerous. Uh, He said... Perhaps Sweden isn't even aware of how close Hamas came to taking over the entire Palestinian Authority only two months ago. If it really intends to actualize the statement, it may well end up with full diplomatic relations with a terrorist state run by a group recognized throughout the European Union as a terror organization. So that's a little bit ridiculous. Let's start with that. Now, the Jerusalem District Court has decided the Palestinian Authority, meanwhile, has to pay the families of three people who died in a terror attack in 2001. It's a landmark case, and it happened just a few hours ago. Yaniv and Sharon Ben Shalom and Sharon's brother, Doron Yosef Savare, were shot to death by terrorists on Highway 443. That's the old Tel Aviv-Jerusalem Highway in August 2001. Two infant daughters of the couple were wounded in the same attack. They were adopted by their uncle when their parents died. The estates for these families sued both the Palestine Liberation Organization, that's the PLO, and the Palestinian Authority for damages. That was years ago, and it's taken this long. But although it's taken years, today Judge Moshe Drori handed down a decision. It took 1,000 pages. And he said the PA is legally obligated to pay the damages to the families of the victims and to those who were wounded in the attack. Those are the two daughters, possibly other people. The judge also found that Marwan Bargadi had knowledge about the operation and was given a report after it was carried out. Now, Bargadi is a popular Palestinian Authority terrorist. 
He's serving a life sentence for numerous deadly attacks. He's also been in some of their elections, even though he's behind bars. He's given orders from behind bars. He is in every single prison. He's named in every single prisoner swap that ever comes up from Hamas or anyone else. The Palestinian Authority, meanwhile, has claimed it's not responsible for the attack, but they were found to be guilty today, and they're being held responsible for payment of damages. They're held liable for this attack. It's a landmark case. The Jerusalem Post, meanwhile, is reporting the Israel Navy has intercepted multiple attempts by Gaza terrorists to, again, smuggle weapons material into the region. They're smuggling weapons-making material back into Gaza again. Hamas is firing rockets into the Mediterranean Sea every few days as part of a weapons upgrade program, according to the report. They're, they're again manufacturing rockets and testing them by firing them into the sea. The launches are being used to test various rocket models. So they're, they're back on track. They're manufacturing weapons again. And uh, our Navy is watching them do this. And we have not even gotten to a full settlement yet for ceasefire arrangements. And they're back manufacturing weapons. And Sweden, in the meantime, has recognized the Palestinian Authority as a full sovereign state without borders or boundaries or anything else. And that's where we're holding so far. Now, the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria, this is a different part of this region, ISIS, as it's also called, as everyone knows, is planning to choose control of Iran's nuclear development program. Now, mind you, Iran is the one that's supplying technology, parts, and funding to Hamas. The report uh, was published today in the British Sunday Times. Uh, ISIS is planning to seize control of the nuclear development program in Iran. This paper uh, ob obtained a document written by a senior terrorist in ISIS, uh, written by uh, this terrorist calling for seizure of the nuclear program. British intelligence is investigating, and we'll see what comes up out of that. While we're on the subject of Britain, the country's Prime Minister, David Cameron, has given his condolences to the wife and children of British aid worker Alan Henning, because ISIS beheaded Alan Henning over the weekend and posted a video of that murder on the Internet. Cameron told the family that the entire nation of Britain is in mourning and that his country will use all means to release the rest of the captives being held by ISIS. I don't know how he's going to do that. I think he doesn't know how he's going to do it, but he's trying to give comfort to the family and to the nation. Back in Iran, meanwhile, the media is showing photos of a very frail Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. Last month, he made a surprise announcement saying he was having prostate surgery, and he's asking for prayers. Now, um, we're not going to discuss what kind of prayers, but there are many images of this supreme leader. Uh, he's looking more frail by the day. All the top brass in the government are visiting him, and questions are now being bandied about in the media about who is going to succeed him. And all those questions are getting more serious by the day as well. Iran has only had two supreme leaders since the 1979 revolution. And if there is a vacuum at the top, that is seen by some analysts as a national security 
issue in Iran. Finally, uh, a new Israeli study is showing that children born in the autumn or in winter are more likely to develop childhood diabetes. The study was conducted at Tel Aviv University. It found that diabetes actually begins in the fetal period. Uh, that's childhood diabetes, type 1, uh, begins in the fetal period, and it's linked to the pregnant mother's exposure to seasonal viruses. The research team was headed by Professor Tzvi Laron. He is the head of endocrinology and diabetes research at Schneider Children's Medical Center. We have sunny skies here in Israel, a little cool. Temperatures are in the low 70s, <laughs> not the 40s, the Thanks. low 70s. Thanks, Thanks so much for that. <laughs> Dipping into the high 50s tonight. <laughs> it's good weather for building. Everyone's hard at work here in Israel putting up their sukkahs. Have a great week, everyone. A really wonderful year. I'm Hannah Julian for JM Sunday. My thanks to Hannah Julian for being with us every Sunday morning and giving us the great news from Israel. As always, we appreciate it and wish her and her family a great New Year also and a great Chag coming up of Sukkot. It is 8.12 in the morning here on JM Sunday. Matas Weingast with you. Our interview with the Chief Rabbi of South Africa will take place a little bit later this morning. Uh, he is running late and uh, we expect to speak to him about 8.35 or so. And we'll get in as much as we can in our discussion with him when he joins us. We'll uh, play music in the meantime, of course. My thanks to listener Lydia, who also liked us on the Facebook page on JM Sunday. Thank you so much. It uh, it means a lot when you actually do the likes also, in addition to listening. My thanks to listener Joel from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who uh, sent me uh, a message about the calendar. I had mentioned before that uh, we were able to do this show every Sunday morning. And we've been able to do it since its inception a little over two years ago uh, without missing a Sunday because there has not been a Yom Tov occurring on a Sunday in that period of time. And we won't have a Yom Tov on a Sunday until the holiday of Pesach that comes up this year in um, in April, which will be uh, April 5th. So that's going to be the first Sunday that we will not be able to present a uh, a JM Sunday because uh, there will be a holiday on it. Now, of course, if uh, if we were in Israel, uh, then we would be able to, because it is, in fact, the second day of Pesach on that Sunday, which in Israel, of course, is uh, is Cholamoed already. Uh, so uh, maybe we can work something out, uh, be in Israel for that, who knows. Uh, but... Uh, that's a whole other issue. Uh, of course, we totally would be stuck with Shavuot, which comes up um, the following month, uh, and uh, we would not be able to to uh, deal with that in any way because that, of course, starts on uh, a Saturday night, so the first day of Shavuot is uh, May 24th, I believe. So uh, we will continue here on the, every Sunday that we can when it's not a Yom Tov uh, here on JM Sunday on the network, on the Nachum Siegel network, NachumSiegel.com. NSN app is a great way of listening to the show, listening to the uh, podcast, the archives, leaving comments, waking up to the shows. Uh, it's a great thing to have if you don't have it. If you're listening some other way, that's fine. But if you uh, can get the NSN app, tell your friends about it, that's great also. Uh, again, our uh, our interview with Rabbi Goldstein will take place around 8:35 this morning. We look forward to 
to that. It is the uh, 5th of October, 11th of Tishrei, Chagiga 27 in Dafyomi. Today is the Siyam day for Mesechus Chagiga. Yavama starts tomorrow, so you can start with that, and it takes you all the way to February, nice long Mesechta. Get into Dafyomi cycle and continue for the next number of years. 44 degrees, as Chana uh, Julian alluded to. It's cold here in the North Jersey area. 63 degrees is the expected high today, sunny, and going down to 48 degrees again. While she has warmer weather out in Israel, it is a bit cooler here. We're going to go back to the music now on the stream, and uh, we're, we're up with Hodu from Shalshelas, and then uh, we'll ha- be joined by Robert Goldstein at about 8.35, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, JM Sunday.
Hodu from Shalshela, Shalshela's Volume 3, here on JM Sunday. Our interview with Rabbi Goldstein is expected to take place at about 8.35, 8.40. So that'll be in a, in a few minutes from now. In the meantime, we have up Shlomo Kalbach from his Live in England uh, album with uh, Harachamon right here on JM Sunday. Oh, I'm coming. 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 Oh, I'm coming.
my apologies to uh, Sally Stern. I am uh, cutting him out a little bit early from his song, Atahad. We'll uh, play it again some other time. But, uh, this is Matas Weingast here on JM Sunday. It's 8.40 in the morning Eastern Time. But I have a special guest on the phone now, and uh, I want to make sure that we can spend as much time as possible. It gives me great pleasure and honor to welcome my very special guest, the Chief Rabbi of South Africa, Rabbi Warren Goldstein, Shana Tova to you, and welcome to JM Sunday. Yes, yeah, Shana Tova to you and to your listeners. It's a great honor and a pleasure to be on your show today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we have limited time. I do want to discuss a few things and get to the Shabbos project as our main focus. And I know you just told me off the air that you would be kind enough to join us again after the Shabbos project so we can talk more. And I appreciate that so much. Our listeners have been looking forward to speaking with you for quite a while. The last time we spoke was actually in December, and it was unfortunate the uh, passing of Nelson Mandela had just occurred, and you were very busy that Sunday, and you did join us for a couple of minutes to talk about the close relationship with Nelson Mandela, and uh, we appreciate you joining us now. Uh, th- there's a lot to talk about. It would take an hour just to talk about you, but <laughs> we're going to focus on a couple of things. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't begin by asking you about the situation in South Africa regarding Israel this past summer. Uh, needless to say, it was a very trying time for Israel with the uh, fighting in Gaza and the war. Uh, we've had people on from other areas of the world. Recently we had on a representative of the European Jewish Council who discussed the various protests and anti-Semitic reactions which took place, uh, for instance, in Paris. Uh, and uh, it seemed, as I said, that that went from protesting the war to overt anti-Semitism. What reactions were there in South Africa over the past few months and weeks, uh, particularly when it came to the government reaction and the reaction of the general population to what happened in Israel? Um, I think the, the, uh, during that period was uh, a very difficult period for, for Israel. The, the general public sentiment in South Africa is, is very much... Um, you know, uh, pro-Palestinian, and you know that manifested in a lot of um, a lot of rhetoric uh, against Israel and against um, Israel's actions in Gaza. Um, there, there were a number of protests. Uh, you know, thank God none of those protests descended into the overt anti-Semitism that did take place in, in Europe and, and and some other places. There was an expression of that anti-Semitism on social media, which um, really allows anybody to express their opinion. So. It's not necessarily reflective of a of, of a of a broader trend, um, but there's no doubt that um, Israel, you know, came in for a lot of serious criticism, and the community here, you know, we all and there are a number of community organisations working on on these uh, issues, all you know, um, did our best to to defend um, Israel. And although there, there, there's a lot of you know, Israel has a lot of enemies, we we also have a lot of friends, and there are a lot of people. Um, in, in the broader South African public who are very supportive of Israel. So one, so one for example, of the, the very positive outcomes of this whole period um, of, of the conflict was that we had um, two very big pro-Israel rallies, one in Johannesburg and one in Cape Town. And there were very large numbers in, in their thousands of, um, of Christians who, who came to support Israel, um, African Christians. Um, representing, you know, many, many millions of people within South Africa. And I think that was a big, 
um, game changer, if I could use that expression, uh, in the sense that it was a, a very big public display of support from, um, from, from a number of uh, uh, leading um, religious leaders in, in South Africa, and, and so that was very positive. On, on the other hand, of course, uh, the ANC came out with a number of um, outrageously negative command, uh, statements against, against Israel, that um, you know, we, we responded. Having said that, although it's, it's, the, it's the, the party which is the, the ruling party in South Africa, the government statements, as opposed to the party statements, were, were a lot more were a lot more balanced. Right. So there was you know some you know some positive, some negative in it, um, and you know it was it was, a, it was a fact that I personally got involved in. For example, the um, the deputy secretary general of the ANC, Jesse Duarte, who was a very senior ANC official, had um, you know at the start of the the conflict compared Israel's actions to those of Nazi Germany, and I, you know, uh, uh, responded in, in a very harsh statement because I just felt that she had, you know, crossed a very uh, a red line, and that red line had to be highlighted. Right. And challenging her, you know, either to retract or debate it, she, you know, she in the end she she did neither, and she refused to to debate it. But the mere fact that she was challenged to that, it's part of holding her accountable right. uh, for her statements that words are not just free. So it, it it was up and down with with a, a lot of um, you know pain and difficulty, some some notable victories, um, but overall a very turbulent time. Right, absolutely. Uh, I assume in your role as chief rabbi, especially, you've uh, been able to be in touch with the president, for instance, Jacob Zuma, uh, as a representative of the Jewish people. Is he? Uh, uh, you know, what is his uh, take on this? Uh, you know, the, um, he did. You know, he did issue a statement condemning the rise of, uh, of anti-Semitic incidents in South Africa. Good. Um, so, you know, from that from that point of view, that was uh, gratifying. Although, obviously, one should take that for granted because um, you know, uh, anti-Semitism is a form of racism and therefore totally morally unacceptable. So, one one would expect that. Uh, what, what is interesting is that. Um, just over, you know, uh, about 18 months ago, I did a public um, uh, talk with uh, the, the deputy president of the country, Saul Ramaphosa, who was uh, who had just been elected the deputy president of the ANC, was before the general election, so he wasn't yet deputy president of the country. Right. Um, and it was uh, was put under the title of looking forward. It was a, a debate discussion, and Israel came up quite a bit in my, you know, public. Um, uh, debate with him. It wasn't debate, more of a public discussion. And, um, you know, uh, some important things were said there. He, he certainly articulated a, um, a more positive line and certainly more balanced, where, you know, where South Africa would see itself, um, you know, aiming to take of a more balanced uh, middle-of-the-road position so that it could play a role in peacemaking. Ramaphosa himself was uh, very instrumental in, in you know being the architect of the, the new South African dispensation, he led the ANC negotiating team in crafting the new constitution. He was one of the main drafters of the new constitution and its Bill of Rights. He uh, was, you know was a trade union leader before the uh, the fall of the apartheid regime, mm-hmm. and you know subsequently um, went into um, business and you know is now back in politics. And he he's a person who. Um, in, in, in the, is a very thoughtful person, and um, in, in that discussion, which is actually available on the internet, if people are interested in understanding a little bit more about South Africa and its interaction with Israel, and understanding a little bit more about, 
you know, the, the deputy president of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, you know, you can, you can find that, I'm sure you can just Google it and find it on the internet, it's on my own website, um, and, and it's quite easy to find under looking forward, you know, discussion between the chief rabbi and deputy president, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. Great. And I think that, um, people would find that interesting, it'll give a bit of a, a feel and a flavor for, for, for some of the discussions that, uh, that take place. Excellent. Uh, before we move on to the next uh, topic, out of curiosity, have you ever had occasion to speak with Desmond Tutu? Um, yes, I mean, I've uh, met with him, you know, uh, um, at, at various functions. We sometimes okay. um, have ended up at the same function, and right. we talk, and, um, you know, there was, uh, the, the, at the time when, um, I don't know if you recall the, the story with the Professor Cyril Carabas, yes. who was um, held, uh, you know, in, in captivity, and we were trying all different things to get him released. And I'd spoken to Archbishop Tutu to, to intervene. Um, I'd contacted him directly, and, uh, and he did whatever he could from behind the scenes. He was very keen to help. Um, of course, you know, on, on, on the Israel issue, it, uh, it certainly seems to be a blind spot right. um, of his. And I've challenged him publicly on that. I, I don't, you know, people, um, your listeners may not be aware, but I wrote him an, an, an open letter and challenged him. Um, and, you know, he, so he knows w- where my views are on it. And, um, you know, it's something that we have to keep on responding to. At the end of the day, we, we as the Jewish people cannot allow the apartheid accusation to be made, leveled at Israel without responding to it. Because to accuse Israel of apartheid is to accuse it of the worst, you know, travesty of, of um, crimes against humanity. And... Uh, we cannot be silent in the face of it. Even if our arguments are not accepted by, by some of the people that we respond to, nevertheless, we can't allow on the record books of history to be, to, to have it, you know, remain si- to be silent on it. And Absolutely. It's so important to, to really correct the record and, and do whatever we can to clear the name of, of Israel and the Jewish people from this accusation. Absurd as the accusation is, and I mean, it's beyond absurd. Of course. It's beyond absurd. I, you know, I know, I know apartheid, you know, from, um, uh, from, from the inside, from South Africa, and, uh, it's, it's just, it's beyond absurd, it's a, it's an insult to the, to the real victims of the real apartheid, and also it, uh, is, is, um, it's a libel against the Jewish state. Absolutely. So it's on, on every front, it's just beyond the pale. Absolutely. My guest this morning is Rabbi Warren Goldstein, Chief Rabbi of South Africa, which is home to approximately 70,000 Jewish people, only equates to slightly more than, if I'm correct, about one-tenth of one percent of the population. There is so much to talk about, but uh, again, our time is limited, so I'm going to skip to the next uh, section and the part about your roles and responsibilities. If we have a minute, we can touch upon that or save it for another time. But I want to focus on the Shabbos project that is coming up this year in a few weeks, October 24th, 25th, Parshas Noach. It started last year, I believe. Is that right? You did it the first time last year? Yes. And now it is... It, Last year, October 10 and 11, uh, was Parshas Lech Lecha. Right. Yeah. And this year it is taking place on Parshas Noah, the 24th, 25th of October, not only in South Africa, but worldwide. 
And when you talk about uh, answering the world about Israel and about Judaism, this is uh, uniting Jews in a, in a tremendous way. Uh, how did this come about? And um, if I understand correctly, you, you've said that about 70% of all South African Jews observed Shabbos in, in one form or fashion last year. That is unbelievable. Yeah, we actually did surveys afterwards, and the research from an independent company indicates somewhere between 70 and 75 percent. Wow. Um, of the more or less 75,000 Jews, I mean, you know, it's always hard to get, get the exact numbers on, on, on the community, but it's somewhere in that vicinity between 70 and 75,000, and uh, of whom between 70 and 75 percent actually kept Shabbos to a large extent, meaning, you know, the, the, the campaign was to call on people to keep Shabbos. So... People were walking and not using their phones, and the shoes were full, and the parking lots were empty, and <laughs> it really wow. um, had had a a very deep and profound impact, and uh, even just on 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 uh, people in their own um, personal lives, it it had that uh, very very deep and profound impact. And so, what, what happened afterwards, um, as as the news of it spread around the world, uh, I started I started getting email requests from different communities around the world saying they also would like to have a Shabbos project. So then the idea was, well, we were planning this as an annual event and said, well, if we're going to do another one, uh, which we had planned to do anyway, uh, let's, let's try and make it for the entire world and let everybody come together uh, for, for the entire Jewish world to keep one Shabbos together. And that's got what will be happening with Parshas Noach 24-25 October. Right. And, and the response, you know, since we put out the original uh, video explaining the, the whole project, uh, put that out, about seven months ago, has been phenomenal. I mean, we've now got, there are more than 1,500 partner groups in, in more than 350 cities around the world that are working on bringing the Shabbos project to their own, to their own cities. And in, and in the United States alone, there are close to 100 cities involved, and places that I'd never heard of before, <laughs> Mountain Back, Alabama, then Salem, Pennsylvania, Portland, Oregon, uh, and then, of course, in, in, in the big centers, uh, New York, Miami, Los Angeles, uh, uh, Detroit, I mean, you know, uh, Baltimore, Atlanta, Houston, it's, it's all over, and then all over the world. I mean, in, in South America, there's strong groups working in Buenos Aires, in Mexico City, in, in Rio, in Panama City. I mean, it's in London and Paris and Moscow and Melbourne and Sydney, and, and literally uh, all over, we just had uh, them sign up from, from Singapore, and believe it or not, the other day I spoke to um, to, the, to the rabbi of Abuja in Nigeria. Wow. And uh, it's a small group of Jews there who are on working contracts in Abuja, but, but they're also in. And it's, it's, just, it's just remarkable, the, the response, and this has such a natural and powerful energy that uh, people are just flooding in from all sides to, to participate. Amazing. We have only about uh, two, three minutes left to, to the program this morning. Uh, I want to let everybody know the, the website is theshabbosproject.org, theshabbosproject.org. The, the uh, website itself is amazing. It has... Uh, information about keeping Shabbos. I mean, it, it could take you an hour to read through everything and get everything out. It, 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 that in and of itself is phenomenal. It gives you step-by-step uh, instructions, if you will, if you're not used to it, of how to keep Shabbos and the feeling and the meaning. It is absolutely wonderful. I think, by the way, and again, we we have no time for this this morning. You are also an author. You wrote the book The Legacy with with Beryl Wine. Uh, I think you should, if I suggest you, you should write a book or a booklet for, for next year, for after this, with, with 
with all that's on the website and testimonials that people can have in their hand because what I've seen, what I've heard from people, uh, the feeling of camaraderie was amazing. The feeling of keeping Shabbos as the time went on during Shabbos, the feeling of relaxation, of becoming one with everyone around the world. They knew that everyone is doing this. They wanted to keep it going. I'm sure you've heard that from a lot of people. Yes, for sure. That's one of the big driving energies, two things. Firstly, the incredible gift that Shabbos is as a mitzvah. It's so compelling for our times. And number two is the sense of the unity with all of Amnishal. You know that over the last few months, there's been great unity amongst the Jewish people, but unfortunately it's been a unity that's been born in the pain and uh, forced upon us in a certain sense by the hatred of others. Now is our chance through the Shabbos project to transform that into a unity of love and, and positivity. So what I, I just wanted to put the, the, the word out to, to your listeners that anybody who wants to get involved, they should go onto the website to the ShabbosProject.org and, and to sign up, join, firstly sign up yourself that you can actually be keeping, keeping the Shabbos. I mean, we had on Friday, there were more than um, 8,000 people on the website at the same time. It actually momentarily went down because of the huge volumes of people wow. were streaming on it. I mean, it's, it's back up now. But I would say to people, you know, get on there and sign up yourself. And if you want to get involved, to bring it to your city as a partner, the details are all on the website. Email the Shabbos Project office, uh, and we'll link you with the partners in your city. Uh, and, and there's still time to get involved. I mean, we're, three, we're just under three weeks away, and the momentum is building on, on all fronts. So I just want to say to your listeners, uh, just, you know, get involved. Make this, make this something that, 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 that you're part of. It's a, it's, it's a movement that is really sweeping all of Am Israel. Ab- absolutely. You know, uh, we hope to have some people on uh, over the next few Sundays that are uh, coordinators of Shabbos Project from different parts of the world. But I, I hope that uh, if you could join us, we'll try to make this arrangement for the Sunday right afterwards. I would like to have you on for two minutes, if you will, just to uh, you know talk about how it was. But But I would like to suggest to you that on that Shabbat, you take some time yourself and step back and realize what you've done, that literally around the world there are, and there will be tens if not hundreds of thousands of people who are observing Shabbos, many for the first time in this way, because of what you've done. Let me say this. The the, the power of this project is because you have this reunion between Am Yisrael and Shabbos. It's an old friendship. It's like rekindling an old friendship is a natural connection. It's something that goes beyond the, uh, the, the, the framework of, of rational explanation. There's a, there's, a, there's a spiritual energy that's taking place here that goes, that goes way beyond it, and, and, and it's really also starting to, to blossom in Israel as well. So I'm, I'm hoping, please God, you know, that uh, we can, the, the, the numbers of Jews that will involve could, could, even, could even run even, even much higher, please God, as, as the momentum builds, and that's why I'm so pleased, you know, that you'll be giving an opportunity for uh, Shabbos Project organizers around the world to speak to your listeners to get a flavor of, of what's going on. And our Shabbos Project office in Johannesburg will, will, will certainly uh, help you and link you with all of the different people. Um, and, and so interesting, you know, the, the, the toolkit book, which, which, is, which helps take people through the Shabbos, from you know a meaning point of view as well, right? You know, absolutely. And have dollars, and everything. We, we we translated it into eight languages. Wow. And three and three nuskars. So right. you've got really twenty four versions of it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, in French and English and Hebrew, Russian, Portuguese, Spanish. Uh, it's uh, I- I- Italian and German. It's, right. uh, it's something 
that's uh, that's really so exciting. We are faced with a with a hard uh, break at nine o'clock, and uh, the end of the show. I want to thank you again. I want to wish you a good Yom Tov coming up, and we look forward to speaking with you in the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. God bless. Kol Tov. Bye. Thank you to the uh, Chief Rabbi of South Africa. That's it for our show this morning. Have a good week. Have a good Yom Tov. See you next week on JM Sunday.